Gator Tales with Sean Kelly is brought to you by UF Health. UF Health has locations throughout Florida, including Gainesville, Jacksonville, St. Augustine, Leesburg, and the Villages. And we're growing. Compassionate care and world-class outcomes, that's our game plan. Visit ufhealth.org to learn more. Our podcast today is also brought to you in part by Pet Paradise. Hey, Gator fans, for pet fanatics like you, there's only one place who goes all out for your pet, the way you do. Boarding, grooming, day camp, and veterinary services all in one convenient location. Pet Paradise and New Day Veterinary Care. Finally, complete pet health care is here for Gator Nation. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. Welcome into Gator Tales with Sean Kelly. And greetings from my office here inside the swamp, Ben Hill Griffin Stadium. It's homecoming week here in Gainesville. The first week of October is upon us, and we have all kinds of things going on across campus including Hall of Fame induction ceremonies. We'll talk more about that in just a moment. Welcome to Episode 6. I hope you've enjoyed what we've been doing so far. Kindly, please, if you don't mind, share your feedback. Leave us a review, of course, and spread the word. You can get this podcast, of course, at FloridaGators.com or, as they say, wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Sean Kelly Live, S-E-A-N-K-E-L-L-E-Y-L-I-V-E. And we'll conversate about what we're doing with our podcast. This episode, three very cool conversations. Let's just start with the one that kind of reads like this cool sports documentary, like a 30 for 30, if you will, where the announcer goes, what if I told you? That's exactly what the life of Anthony Nesty is like. The head coach of the men's and women's swimming and diving programs here at the University of Florida has just been named head coach of the Team USA men's swim team ready for competition next summer in the Paris Olympics. It's on top of an already unbelievable story that goes all the way back to the small country of Suriname where Nesty won gold, the first ever for his country in swimming, beating out Matt Biondi. He then goes on to have a prolific career in the pool and then, of course, out of the pool as a head coach and a Gator alum, too. So we catch up with Anthony Nesty to talk about this newest honor and challenge as he looks forward to the Olympics as the head of Team USA. Jalen Kimber is in his first year as a starter for the Florida Gator football defense. The cornerback, originally from the Chicagoland area, played high school football in Texas and now is a part of a Gators program in its second year under head coach Billy Napier. Owen, we ask him about homecoming games as well. And then, of course, I mentioned it's Hall of Fame induction weekend. Jeff Cardozo, my colleague with Gators baseball and Gators football and an alum of the Florida Gators, is the MC of that event again this weekend. I want to say it's year 10. I'll ask Jeff to be sure, but he'll talk to us today about what it's like to be the master of ceremonies for such a big high-profile event in the calendar of the Florida Athletics year and about this year's very dynamic, diverse, and incredible class of new inductees. One last thing that you're going to hear this week for the first time, and that's our new student correspondent, Kenna McGinnis, 
will be popping in from time to time. The third-year student from South New Jersey, the Philadelphia area, is one of our student workers, and she will be helping us meet folks around campus and share their relationships with the university and, of course, with Gators Athletics. So a lot to get to. Let's get started, and we'll begin our conversation over just off the pool deck at the Natatorium here at the University of Florida. Anthony Nesty gets us started off here in episode number six. Anthony, let me just start by saying congratulations on being named the head coach of the men's team for Team USA. Big news, obviously, for the Gators and this program, but I'm, I'm sure for you personally, too. Uh, thank you, and it's uh, obviously it's a great honor to represent the University of Florida, but, but, but it's also it's kind of the pinnacle of coaching if you can represent uh, United States of America. So I'm very humbled, excited, uh, nervous. The bottom line is it's, it's the United States of America. We're going to get the resources and athletes to, to compete at a very high level. Nervous is a healthy emotion, right, coach? Yeah. I mean, it, you know, if you're nervous, that means you are you care and that you've done your job and, and that it, once we get to the Olympics, it's all up to the athletes, you know, doing what they do best. As accomplished as you are, both as a former athlete and as a coach, I, I'm, a, I'm a little bit elated to hear that this moved you in some way. Tell me more about how you found the news out. Well, the, the way the process worked, other sports probably do it differently, but United States swimming, you must first, obviously besides the accreditations that you have to go by to be to be compliant with U.S. swimming, um, you have to be a head coach of a national team. And uh, two years ago, I was the head coach for the men at World Championship in uh, Budapest. And of course, once you're a head coach for a team, they kind of uh, pay attention. They observe how you run things and, and how you talk to the athletes, how you respond to, because at a swim meet, nothing that Ever goes well. Things go well, but there's always something that doesn't. I, let me rephrase that. We had several things happen that meet, and and the way they, I, I assume they were the way I handled those things. They they really liked how I how I ran the team, and and, and, and how I responded to to ups and downs, and and and, and talked to the team, and then of course we have support staff too, and you have to you have to value them, and then it's all the way around. So and I did that. So and then a couple of weeks ago I was asked. Asked, uh, well, you had to apply, of course. And then once I got the application, the chances were good that I was going to be named the head coach. And when it's kind of up to U.S. swimming and, and their timeline and how they like to tell the whole world that Todd Sorbo was the women's head coach and, and, and myself. You've been an Olympic head coach before and, and on a number of occasions. Do I have that right? Yeah, I've been, uh, you know, my home country, Suriname, was head coach there, Cayman Islands. I, 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 I was there. Um, I was the head coach, um, also assistant coaches, you know, Venezuela and, and other teams. Um, you know, it's 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 uh, and, and I, I swam at that level, so I kind of and it's uh, it's 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 always good good to be on the other side and and, and trying to you know have those athletes kind of mimic what you've done that's uh, that's always uh, difficult because uh at that level um, we're, we're talking by you know hundreds of a second sometimes a second um the most and uh you know it's 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 it's, it's a good thing i've found over my career um 
that a lot of athletes who excelled when they were on the playing field or in the pool or whatever have a hard time coaching other athletes because perhaps they can't figure out why those athletes that they're coaching can't do the same thing that that I did as a as an athlete myself and I being you in this conversation um, having excelled as an athlete yourself have you struggled with that a little bit as a head coach in some ways uh, no I, th- I think I struggled you know I've been to UF this is my 26th year um, I probably struggled with it uh, I started in June 98 here so probably struggled the first couple of years but uh, what you have to realize the kids are not you um, they do th- and and the way you were um, as an athlete so it's not everybody is, is going to be like that and once I came to that conclusion I kind of realized that uh, you know as coaches you're a teacher you're a teacher you have to teach um, the way you want them to um, to learn things especially in, in practice for me practice makes perfect and uh, practice is where you get things done and practice is where you get better and, and then practice is where you you know correct your mistakes and, and, and make them a, a strength and the, the bottom line is in practice you want to you want to improve your strength and especially obviously your weaknesses need to get better so um once i came to the real realization it was it was pretty easy going after that you won gold in 88 you've been a flag bearer you've represented your home country you'll represent this country now too what is it coach that you love about the olympics well the olympics for for the sport of swimming that is our super bowl you know, all eyes are on the swimming. Um, eight days um, during the Olympics. The next next Olympics is going to be nine, and you know, all eyes is in, in, in every country. That is what people tune into. They tune into the other sports too, but 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 swimming for sure. I mean, every you know every country in the world really pays attention at that time because it's also awesome to see you know. Our sport get the recognition and then people follow the athletes and especially with social media you know you you name the platforms um you know everybody knows the athletes they're they're how they do things because people follow them on on social media so they kind of know their personality and and, and what attracts the fans to our sport you know not only the, the performance side of things but uh, I, I think social media media has done a great job for for a sport and it's going to continue to be so so and uh, even as a coach too um you know that's kind of a the pinnacle of of of, of your career if you're you know get to coach an olympic athlete and especially if you get to coach olympic athlete that win medals that's kind of special yeah it's interesting because you're right it'll be wildly popular again when it rolls around again next summer i'm curious uh everybody i've talked to about you says that things like a documentary being made about you um at one time your face was on money back in suriname you were a national hero here you will you will be in the spotlight again next summer uh in paris and i can already see it on your face that this is not you and not what you really like to deal with or handle so how do you balance that kind of attention or that spotlight when yet it's not something that you yourself really want to seek out no i i, I think uh once i'm on deck i'm you know that's kind of my happy place 
for me, you're a coach, you're a teacher, you know, especially uh, at the Olympics. One thing I've noticed really good coaches do is, is, is they bring they bring energy, you know, to their teams. They bring confidence um, because the athletes look, they look towards their leader. And you have to have an, um, an even keel mindset because uh, at, at that level, if you don't go in with a calmness that uh, you're confident and prepared, um, you know, things can go wrong. So I, I have to be even keel at that point. Yes, I don't like it, but I, you know, at that point, I have have a job to do. Yeah. And, and, and the kids rely on my leadership. That the team relies on my leadership, and I have to show them the confidence. Uh, I have to be confident in them, and and vice versa. There are so many people like me who will watch every four years, or now that I get to work here at Florida, I can come over here and watch world-class athletes compete in this natatorium here. So, Coach, what is it perhaps that if you had the chance to sit down with fans or people who want to watch this sport, what would you want them to know most that perhaps is is a thing that isn't widely educated across swimming and diving? Wow, that's a that's a that's a great question. As a novice looking, you know, at the TV, obviously how efficient athletes swim. Um, how long they swim, how hard they kick, um, how good their starts are, how good their turns are. Um, um, and there's a lot of things you can pick up, but m- most important for, for the coaches, uh, you know, you, you, you look at the eye test and, and how an athlete's move through the water. Similarly, how, you know, an athlete runs or... or, or, or throws the ball or, or runs a route and, and there's little things you can pick up for for a novice looking at the sport how f- efficient an athlete swims how great their their approaches to the wall coming off the wall their breathing patterns their stars turns and, and that type of stuff if you have the chance to talk to another Olympic head coach, another sport, um, who would you want to ask about the experience or what they learned from either going from a collegiate program to an Olympic national program or from a pro program, vice versa? Is there somebody that you would love to have on that list? And maybe you already do. Well, you know, obviously, Mouse was the Olympic head coach last time around, and uh, uh, he's one of the people I'll, I'll call here as we get closer. Um, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's so many other coaches there, but uh, I like to talk to the, the coaches who are on campus at the moment, and certainly Mouse is, is the one I'm going to contact here shortly. Yeah, pretty pretty smart choice there, I think, Coach. Um, can we talk Gators for a second? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. We're just kind of getting started here. Give me uh, the Anthony Nesty preview here of men's and women's swimming here at Florida coming this this season. Well, we're, you know, f- for us, the first six weeks, is, is, it's kind of every, you know, because the sport swimming, uh, that's kind of a, for your, uh, your novice fans or people who are listening and, and want to know about about swimming typically our downtime or people take their breaks is august mm-hmm. um and when people take their break of course they go on vacation they do anything they just you know it's it's a vacation so when we started september 1st or some you know whatever that date was i think september 4th um um, it, it's, it's kind of our preseason, so we kind of finished. We're finishing our preseason uh, this week, but however, the men are, and we, we have two groups. Uh, the women are traveling to Vanderbilt, and uh, the men and, and some women are traveling down to Nova. Um, so it's kind of the last weekend of our preseason, and uh, 
pretty excited. Uh, we have some fantastic uh, newcomers. We have some fantastic athletes who have been here. Um, the, the diving um, coach Galili and and, and Laurent is um, his assistant coach, who happens to be his wife too. Um, They've brought in some really good talent to help us because it's a swimming and diving program. Um, I value, obviously, I value swimming, but 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 I value diving as well. Um, you know, back to back SEC champions for the men, the women, first time in a long time, and uh, both teams won the, the you know the championship. So that that was big news, and I think our goal is to to repeat as champions and uh, go into NC two A's and 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 compete better. We were sixth in the men, so we need to be better in that. And then the women were top ten, and which uh, you know I, I'm pretty confident we're going to be better. How about some championships and a slew of medals next summer? That'd be a pretty good 23-24, wouldn't it, Anthony? Well, that, that's always the goal for an you know Olympic head coach. Uh, the main thing is, um, just like I said before, keep the athletes relaxed because uh, you know the thing about the U.S. Uh, it's, so, it's such a great team. But uh, compete compared to the rest of the world, but but uh, the Australians had a fantastic summer um, this past summer. So you know we got our work cut out for us, but I'm pretty confident that uh, we'll, we'll we'll win as many medals as we can, and hopefully as many gold as we can. Uh, one last thing: How's your French these days? I uh, can't speak French, so I need to I need to get going on that. <laughs> Great question. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Appreciate it. Good luck. Oh, appreciate it. Thanks. Should I introduce you as Boog or Jalen Kimber? Which one suits you best? Jalen. Jalen Kimber is fine. <laughs> Your mom will probably be more happy with that, won't she? Yeah. Good to see you, sir, and it's good to see you without that thing on your hand anymore. I know the season's well underway, but, man, my initial Jalen Kimber memories were um, with the club on. Uh, you must be playing better and feeling better with two hands available to you. Yeah, it's always better to be playing 100% healthy and not, you know, having something taken away from you that you need, especially at the position that I play at. So it's always good to be back healthy. Yep, and now you're starting, too. Your first start was week one of this season. Yeah. Help me understand how that felt and what it meant to you to kind of crack that starting lineup. Uh, I just really just took it in because it's something that I always wanted uh, to go out there and start and compete with my brother. So, you know, it's something that I just really took in, embraced the moment, and just, you know, try to put my best foot forward to go out there and perform the way that we taught to perform. Yeah. When you when you play as a defensive back, is there somebody that you have in mind, somebody that you kind of model your game after a little bit? Uh yeah, I mean this from early memories like when I first started playing DB, Tyron Matthew was like somebody that was my favorite uh player. Um Patrick Peterson, you know, now in the league now who people I look at is like uh Jair Alexander, Eric Stokes, you know, I used to play with Stokes, a good friend of mine. Uh Tyson Campbell I used to play with Tyson, Eric Stevens, uh Tyree Stevenson who plays for the Bears now. So like people like that, uh, I just try to like follow their footsteps. They were kinda like leaders for me, uh, when I first came into college. So I just like to watch them, see what they do and, you know, model my game after them. And now you're a vet. You're an old man now, Jalen. I mean, how's that feel? Uh, it feels good. Uh, sometimes I, I do think about it because I was like, 
I was just in a position where I felt like I just got to college and I was a young dude in the room. Now I'm, you know, old dude in the room. And it's just, you know, I like it because I get to help the younger kids. They get to see the, some of my mistakes. You know, I get to help them, teach them, walk them through some of their mistakes. So I enjoy it. Playing faster. Is that what I'm seeing now in your game? Yeah, uh, I feel like I'm playing faster. I'm more confident in in my ability to go out there and play. Um, I just feel like all it just takes is just, you know, getting your feet wet, getting comfortable out there, and, you know, just getting my cleats in the grass and playing. So many young guys on this team and, and a lot of new faces on your side of the football too. It's like I know you and Jason and then I'm trying to learn everybody else still. Does it feel like that for you guys or did did the fact that so many of them came in in January really help and that shows now? Yeah, it does because, you know, depth is always something that you need, especially in the secondary because it's a long season. You know, we're always running. You know, things are going to be aches. You're going to have aches and pains and things like that. But also just being able to help them learn. I like to watch them learn, you know, understand the game better and just helping them, you know, become an overall better football player. And even just a young man, like, I can just know, like, when I was in a position, you know, till now, like, my maturity level has skyrocketed and it just became better because of the people that helped me. So I just try to help them as best as I can. With regard to your position at the corner or maybe uh, more globally as a defensive secondary guy, I would like to know what's the hardest part about playing that position. The hardest part about playing DB is just really just discipline and having good eyes, you know, because your eyes can, you can see a whole lot, but if you see little, you know, you see what you need to see. If you see too much, then, you know, it could really just throw you off your game. So being able to have good eyes and good technique and being able to play consistent every down is something that is really vital for the DB position. Speaking of consistency, we've seen like in the matter of just a couple of weeks how good the Gators can be, and then maybe we've seen the bottom too. In just a very short amount of time, how do you find the middle ground in that or lean more toward the, the good as opposed to the, the other part that none of us want to really realize? Is really everybody just looking at itself in the mirror, understanding what the what the main thing is, and keeping the main thing the main thing. You can't can't get too high when you're doing good. You can't get too low when you're doing bad. It's just finding that middle ground and understanding. All right, this is the standard, and this is what it's going to be. And you can't take no for an answer. You can't shortcut it, and you just gotta put your head down and work. And then that's just that's just what it is, really. Well said. Um, tell me about Mansfield, Texas. You grew up there, right? No, I didn't grow there. I grew up there. Um, my whole family from Chicago. Uh, yeah, I lived in Indiana for the majority of my life. I just moved to um, Texas in 2015, right before I got to high school. So I did my high school career in Mansfield. And, yeah, I live out there now, though. I live in Texas now. So, How jarring was it for a Midwest guy, a Chicago guy, more more or less, to land in the middle of Texas for high school? Really, honestly, it was all a plan. Um, when I started playing football and back at home, it was something I really enjoyed. I used to play basketball, too. I was a hooper. But my dad really, it was really all my dad. My dad had a plan. He, you know, he had a business. He sold his business. He had a job, quit his job, had a house, sold his house, and we moved up to move to Texas for me to play football. And, you know, my dad had a plan, and he, he understood what it was going to take. He knew where we had to move, and we landed in. Honestly, I think no other better place than I could have that, that we could have moved to. So, you know, I give the credit to my dad. He had the vision, and he understood, like, what it would take, and he, he believed in me. So 
you know, I give all the credit to my dad. Yeah. Did you ever fight it? Did you ever question it? Or did you just follow in lockstep all the way to a Division One scholarship, obviously first at Georgia and then now at, at Florida? No, I didn't fight it, and I didn't question it because I understood, and I just that's, that's what I wanted to do. Like, when I told my dad I wanted to be the best and I wanted to play football, he was like, he was going to put me in a position to be the best and in the best position to play football. So, you know, football doesn't get any better than Texas. So, yeah. That's what we did. It's homecoming week here. Um, what was your favorite homecoming memory from your time with the Wolves in Texas? Uh, I think we played homecoming. I think it was a rivalry game, uh, Mansfield Lake Ridge, and I, th- I believe we won. Uh, but, you know, it's just always in, enjoyable to play a rivalry game and, you know, out there go play with your brothers on homecoming, you know. This is always the mood, you know. Maybe it's the time of year, but it's always a good time to go out there and play with your brothers on homecoming. You weren't homecoming king or anything, were you? I, I wasn't. No, nah. no King Jalen or anything like that? Nah. Reigning supreme? Nah, nah. just regular old Jalen, man. <laughs> I hope you have a great homecoming this week with you and your teammates. And uh, as always, go Gators. Go Gators. Appreciate it. Great stuff from Jalen Kimber. Of course, Kimber and the Gators getting set for their homecoming game at the Swamp this weekend against Vanderbilt. Time now to meet Kenna McGinnis. And this is Kenna on Campus. Walking around campus, even on an away game weekend, there is so much school spirit around when the Gators are not in Gainesville. I'm here with, introduce yourself for. Hello, everybody. My name is Spencer Stavrievsky. And would you agree that it's definitely still a great environment around Gainesville, even when the Gators are away at Kentucky this weekend? Absolutely. You can't take uh, the electric atmosphere out from uh, Gainesville. It's always a good time, home or away. I would definitely agree, and I know every other fan would. What does your itinerary look like on an away game versus a home game? Yeah, so personally, I'm in a fraternity, so we'll all get together in the living room and get all the guys laid back and watch the game and tailgate and, you know, have a good time. What fraternity are you in? Uh, I'm in Alpha Tau Omega, and uh, this weekend specifically, uh, it was Moms Weekend, so we had all the guys, moms from out of state and in state, fly in or drive uh, to the house. We had a bunch of events lined up. We did yoga. We had a couple bar tabs uh, to ha- spend the weekend with them, and it was a great experience uh, watching the game with them uh, at a local bar. That's awesome. Did your mom make it out this weekend? Yes, she did. It was actually her first time uh, visiting up in Gainesville for game day weekend, so we had a we had a blast. It was awesome. That's great. I'm sure the visit was long overdue. Did you guys have a good time, and what did she like to do the most here? Yeah, no, we had a we had a good time doing yoga in the morning. It was a it was an early wake up after the bar tab the night before, but uh, we had a good time. I bet. And now transitioning back to a home game this weekend against Vanderbilt for a homecoming game. Um, I'm sure you have a bunch of events lined up. You said you're in a fraternity. What are you excited most for this week? Yeah, so building up to homecoming game, we have a bunch of events at the house for the week to get everybody rallied and riled up for the game. And uh, we're excited for a hopeful win in the Swamp after the loss last year. So we'll have a tailgate on Saturday before the game. So definitely pop out. It's an easy walk to the stadium. Uh, it should be a really good time. That's super exciting. I'm sure everybody will make their way to the Alpha Tau Omega Fraternity House for your tailgate. One last question for you. Because it is homecoming, I know that the UF Homecoming Committee has put on a ton of great events this week, including the Jason Derulo concert. Will you be making it out? Oh, yeah, for sure. I already got the ticket uh, locked in. I'm excited to see Jason Derulo. Haven't heard his name in a while, so I'm excited to sing some old Jason Derulo songs. 
Gators. That's awesome. It'll definitely be a really fun week. Thank you so much for your time today, Spencer, and go Gators. Yeah, absolutely. Pleasure talking with you. Well, he tells me that it's one of the highlights of his year. That's Gators broadcaster and alum Jeff Cardozo, who will be emceeing, of course, the 2023 UF Athletics Hall of Fame induction ceremony and banquet. Your one of your favorite times of the year is here, Jeff. Yeah, no, it is. It's. Uh, I mean, it's. I think it's surreal just to even be up there on stage with some of these great athletes. And obviously, I've played with some of them and around them in school. But you know, when you get into that setting and you kind of look back. 10, 12, 15, whatever, how many years later, you just, you sit there and you, you remember the accomplishments, you remember the fun times, you just remember how special it was to be on campus for, for those student athletes. So uh, to get that out of them and, you know, kind of see now where they are in their life and, you know, we're all grayer and fatter and all that. So that's always fun too, to, to see some of that stuff. But yeah, no, it's just, a, it's a great night honoring just the, the best of the best. Yeah, how many years now for you? I think it's been about a decade doing doing this. Um, so it's been been fun. And, you know, so many great ones over the years. And, you know, Tebow and Spikes one year a few years ago. And um, just Olympians and all these people over the years. But, you know, I think that's the neat part, too, is, you know, even if they were really, really successful as pr- pros, it's really just dependent on what they did at Florida. And the criteria is just so hard to get in. I mean, there, there's some baseball guys that went on and have 10, 12, 15, 15-year major league careers, but they don't even meet the criteria of how hard it was to, to get in as a student athlete here at Florida. So it's about those accomplishments here, um, and it's really, really hard to do. And I just, you even look now moving forward, because you got to be out for 10 years, and now all of a sudden all these great softball players are coming aboard, and lacrosse, and just these extra sports that weren't even a part of it. I mean, it's so cutthroat in, in those meetings, and that was always fun being a part of the committee, because it's, you're, you're duking it out. You're going at it with all these other people so you've got a track person defending a track person a swimmer and this and I remember when I was on the committee people didn't even really know who David Eckstein was and I said are you guys kidding me like this is what this guy did and then you know you, you fight for your your person and um and it's it's a fun battle to get him in do you have a favorite year um, I, I guess it was probably that, that Tebow year, obviously, because there was such a big deal made out of it. And that's when they had changed it to being inside the football stadium like it is the, this weekend. But the unfortunate part about that one was the rain was in the forecast. So they made a decision that morning to actually bring it up inside into the, uh, into the stadium. But um, just all the people that showed up. And I think that's the neatest part, too, is just how many family members and friends they all invite back and the hooting and hollering and just the everybody getting dressed up and having a good time it's awesome is the criteria solely based on their time at the university of florida or does it also encompass like you said in Eckstein's case does it also encompass what they did after they left florida no it doesn't so yeah him being world series mvp didn't even factor into it so and and you know, I think that's what makes it really, really hard. And, and certainly all the sports are different because you might have a swimmer that was a 15-time All-American and can't really do that in baseball or basketball or, or football. So you've got to kind of judge it from that case. But it's, um, you know, it's almost like getting into the ring of honor. I, I think when you look at the criteria and how hard that is, you've got to be uh, like either All-SEC or All-American to even just get into that. And mm-hmm. all these people are nominated and then you kind of wind it down from 50, whatever it is, down to these final eight. Yeah. Um, how, how much preparation goes into this event for you? Um, you just kind of 
I guess reliving the the glory days for for some of those people, and and you you know you kind of look up some of the things and, and honors, and certainly UF does a great job of putting out some videos and and remembering the times. But I just try to get familiar with you know, hey, was there a great walk off hit or something, or was there this great catch or, or fantastic moment to uh, be able to do that? Because I think I think all the the people there, the audience that you know, they want to hear about some of those things, and I think that's what makes it neat from from this perspective. You're out there and you're able to kind of pull away some things from these students athletes as opposed to them just standing up there and making a speech where they're not going to hype themselves up but this is our chance to say hey that was a pretty special moment so let's talk about it let's uh let's make that happen and you know i think the the fun one maybe this weekend um you know it's, it's jabbar gaffney and he, he's getting in there for football and you know i think the big question is did he really make the catch against tennessee and you know so you want to pull that out of him and, and have some fun with that and see what happens yeah maybe the truth finally comes out after all these years you mentioned gaffney i think this year's class touches a lot of our different teams as it should mm-hmm. you know in in a program that's had so much success over you know a couple of not a couple dozen but nearly a couple dozen teams over its history and when you look Jeff at this year's class what sticks out in a big way for you yeah I think when you look at it is it's it's kind of crazy because there's so many that can get in and, and are eligible but six of the eight were actually on campus here at the same time so it's just it was such a phenomenal time for just every sport in general and I think that's what's so cool about the University of Florida because where other schools might have a great football program like we are top five here athletically and it's very evident when you look at a great soccer player a volleyball player a softball player a track star um obviously a football player and then skip foster getting in and the the impact that he's made on on everything over the years so i think that's what's unique more than anything else about the university of florida because there are so many different sports that get to be represented and there's so much success and you know again that you probably could have four or five soccer players as a part of this but only one gets in Um, you know sometimes it might be two but it's just it's really really hard so uh, for for those that get this honor the best of the best you you mentioned this new crop of softball players are now coming into eligibility and and Kelsey Bruder is going to headline for their team this time around Mark Valdez is is from your sport of baseball and all these stories I mean when you just even talk about Lauren Embry Mm -hmm. and what she was you could argue that she was the greatest women's tennis player ever in the history of this program and now she gets her moment too and I'm and I've left out some names here you mentioned Jabbar but uh, Corey Hartung from gymnastics as well and then uh, Kelly Murphy from volleyball too I mean there how, how long is the program I mean you could tell stories for hours yeah and that's what's really cool um, I mean Kelly Murphy was the number one recruit in the entire country and and she chose to come down here to Florida and made an impact right from the start ends up playing for Team USA and gets a bronze medal and Kelsey Bruder it's I mean she's a great story she came all the way from California California and really pitched her first year. I think Tim Walton was trying to figure out what he was going to do. She only had like 40 at bats. And then after that, she just tears it up and breaks school record after school record and all these things she did on the softball diamond. And, you know, of course, Lauren Embry, I, I think any Gator fan, even if you're not really a tennis fan, is going to remember the national championship that she helped win. She was down 4 nothing in the last set, came all the way back, and she was the winning match to beat Stanford, who they lost to the year before. So, um, 
it's just yeah, so many great stories, so many great student athletes, and and even Lauren Embry, she was maybe one of the best recruits in the entire country and chose to come to Florida. So I think that's the neat part too about all this. You you have people from Ohio, California, Pennsylvania. Why did the heck did they come to Florida? And and then once they did come to Florida, I think they're they're Gators forever. And I think that's what's really special. They might not even not known what the University of Florida was, but they come down here, they play here, they're a part of this community, and then they never want to be not a part of it again. Yeah, they, they seemingly always want to come back, and I guess we'd have to include Omar Craddock in that. When you, when you talk about Mouse Holloway's program, you know, Omar is up there with all the greats in a program of greats, and that's the cool thing that I've learned in my short time here is that because of that once is continue to always be a Gator and build upon what they did here, it's nothing to walk across campus and still to this day find Hall of Famers in and out training or remembering the old times or, again, coming back on a Friday night. Yeah, no, it's really cool. And, I mean, how do you even get into the triple jump? You know, that's the, the curious <laughs> question to ask Omar. Um, so, yeah, it's it's just it's an incredible program. But I, I think that's the unique part, Sean, is all these student athletes and especially now the, the ones that are here on campus, they all interact with each other. And, and I remember just walking into – the dining hall back when I played and you know there's Mike Miller and you can sit with Mike Miller and talk to him or Jason Williams guys like that and you know for all these people to kind of be there pick each other's brains I think that's really unique and they're hanging out with each other and you know we Listen, everybody parties. You know, you're partying with some of these swimmers that end up going being the Olympics and, and all these things. So it, it's great. So as much as these coaches are able to pick off of each other and say, you know, how are you so successful? I think these student athletes can do that too. So I think that's a part of why everybody is so good. I'm going to use a dated term here, Rolodex. Maybe I should be more current and say your contact list and your phone, Jeff. Yeah. you got to have like the greatest contact list of any Gator right now. Yeah, no, it, it is pretty cool. Um, so it's, yeah, a lot. A lot of different things going on, but even like you know Gaffney, like you you talk about that. I mean, he caught that touchdown pass from Jesse Palmer, who's all over the place now on national TV and The Bachelor and all that. And you know, then he caught passes in the NFL from Tom Brady. So you know, like who's the prettier of the two? You know, according to him and things like that. So yeah, you know, it's it's fun to scroll through there and just say, and and it's. It's cool because all these people are, you know, they're so great at what they do. And, you know, I think all these Gator fans would just love to even have two seconds of interaction with them. But when you can just kind of stroll through and say, you know, hey, so-and-so, let's uh, let's chat or let's do this or use you as a reference or look you up when you go to a different city and you go have lunch or something. It's uh, it's pretty special and, and really surreal that, you, you know, you never thought you'd be able to do. Uh, as you know, at Augusta National, the, the previous champion gets to pick the menu for the champion's dinner every year. Uh, do these halls? Hall of Famers, does this year's class, do they get to pick the menu for Friday night's dinner? I don't think so, but it's always a, a really nice spread, so it's uh, certainly enjoyable. But yeah, I think for everybody that comes, they're not disappointed. That first hour, I think it's 6 to 7 is the cocktail hour, so you just get to mingle with everybody and see old friends and just uh, are able to talk and tell stories and do all that stuff and, and have a really good time, and then and then the show will start. So yeah, if if you can't make it this year, I think it might be, might be full. Um, certainly, I encourage everybody out there in years to come to to be a part of this and and come just see some of these Gator greats and let them know how great they really were. So I was right. This is one of your most favorite nights of the year, isn't yeah, it? I think so. No no question. It's uh, it's certainly a lot of fun and you know you just you, you hope for great weather and and it's cool for homecoming too to to now do it in this setting cuz so many people come back and then you see families and kids and stuff running around all weekend and let's get the football team back on track too. Cheers to our new Hall of Famers. Jeff, thanks as always. Enjoy the heck out of this weekend. Sure thing. Thanks, Sean.
Well, like I said, a very busy start to the month of October. Good stuff from all of our guests today. Big thanks, of course, to Anthony Nesty, Jalen Kimber, Jeff Cardozo, and Kenna McGinnis. And, of course, as always, thank you very much to our sponsors, UF Health and Pet Paradise. I'm Sean Kelly, the voice of the Gators. Thanks again for joining us here on Gator Tales with Sean Kelly. This has been episode number six. Until next time, so long for just a while, and go Gators.